The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. So this morning we are starting a new series, a brand new series titled Made for More made for more and um, many times in our lives we feel like there has to be more I mean you know we feel that is this is this all there is I mean we begin to work you know remember years um, ago um, in paid employment you know I was speaking with a friend of mine in a consulting firm and we're, we're going home at the time and we both concluded that there must be a better way of making money if working is about making money because at that time of our lives working was about making money you know so we, we we concluded that there must be a better way there must be a better way you may be in school and you, and you are saying to yourself because you know deep down that could this be all you could be in a relationship and you're like, is this, is this all really? And you may be in your business and you're like, there has to be more. There really has to be more. And, and the word of God to us today is that you are made for more. Hallelujah. You are made for more. You know, I'm, I'm really, really totally excited about this series. And as we begin today we are laying a foundation so today's introduction we are laying a foundation for the series we take a text for from Judges chapter 6 from verse 11 Judges 6 11 to 14 this is the story of the children of Israel and particularly Gideon who rose to become one of the judges of of the nation of Israel at the time. And um, before now, you know, they, they were under the yoke of the Midianites and they were being subdued and being, you know, exploited. The Midianites will wait for them to plant. And once it is harvest season, they come in droves. And the Bible says that they take everything. They don't even leave anything for, for, for the Jews. It is at this time that Gideon lived and he was trying to make ends meet. Verse 11. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. I mean, that is a totally different kettle of fish by itself. Verse 11 says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide, I must say hide, to hide the grain from the beam. <laughs> So, you know, you know, he was, he was disguising his operations. Let's just 
put it like that, to hide the grain from the Midianites. The, verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. <laughs> amazing, the word of God is amazing. I mean, you know, everything is in the Bible, everything, you know. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Ooh, God is saying to someone here today, you may be faced with a giant situation. You may be faced with an impossible situation. God is saying, go. I am sending you. You know, reading this passage of scripture is very comforting to me because, you know, I, as, as, as you know, I mean, it, I, I usually believe God for huge things, you know, because in God's favorite house, there, is, there are no small dreams. There are no small dreams, NSD. So I have huge things I'm believing God for, for God's favorite house, for you, for me, for us as a community. That reading this passage of scripture is very, very comforting. But we see that Gideon was hiding his operations. Gideon was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide his proceeds from the Midianites. You can look at Gideon and say, oh, he was a coward. Or Gideon was, you know, spineless. He was a wimp. But you see, sometimes you need to hide until it is time. And that is big. You need to hide until it is time. Concerning John the Baptist, the Bible says that the boy, John the, the Baptist, was in the wilderness until the time it was appointed for him. So Gideon was hiding. As far as he was concerned, he was being smart. You know, but when you look at it, you may think it was being um, weak or being cowardly. But you see, sometimes it is the right thing to do to hide. Everyone say hide. Moses was a proper child. They hid him. They hid him. If they had not hidden Moses, Moses would not have fulfilled his destiny. There are certain seasons in your life that you need to hide. You need to hide. Just hide your head. Just hide yourself. There is no shame in hiding. Jesus had to hide. In fact, they had to carry baby Jesus, the <laughs> maker of the heavens and the earth, and they ran. Jesus had to hide. Moses had to hide. 
David had to hide. Gideon had to hide. Sometimes you have to hide. And for some of us, it's not just hiding a person. Sometimes you need to hide that idea. There's this idea that God has placed in your heart, but you are surrounded by Midianites, and you are flaunting their ideas, and they wipe it off. And you are always coming back to ground zero. It's because you've not learned to hide. You need to learn to hide. Everyone say hide. Hide the idea. Hide. Because greatness resides in you. A lot of people that are great go through seasons of hiding. And we can go on and on and on. Joseph hid. On and on. We've said Jesus had to hide. In fact, when he was a, a, an adult, Jesus was going to be pushed off the cliff but he hid from the people. He just maneuvered and disappeared. So sometimes it is okay for you to hide. Sometimes it is okay for you to take that idea and incubate it and hide. Sometimes it is okay for you to go into that room and shut the door. And sometimes it is okay for you to examine your life and shut the door of your mouth. Shut the door. You are meeting with people, you are interacting with people, but you shut the door of your mouth. You shut the door, you hide. You hide. And sometimes, when we are in a season of hiding, or yeah, as it were, we feel constrained. We feel constrained. And because we feel constrained, we are saying to ourselves, there has to be more. There has to be more. And if we don't understand the season we are in, we can get out prematurely and abort the dream, abort the vision, abort what God has in mind. There's this illustration of the fish in the bowl. And we see that fish is restricted in the bowl, a mini aquarium, if you will. And that fish <laughs> can feel hidden, can feel restrained, can feel constrained. And if that fish, you know, I saw, I saw a, a um, um, a graphic that was a joke, you know, on um, you know one of the social media sites. And it was very funny, you know. When the fish keep listening to motivational speakers, and they are telling the fish, "Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. That ball is your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone." The fish takes flight out of the bowl. Now the fish is out of the bowl, out of the comfort zone, and the fish is dead. And the graphic says that motivational speaker, don't kill fish. <laughs> keep saying to fish, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your comfort zone. Sometimes that bowl is your safest Heaven. 
That bowl is that place where God has hidden you. You are threshing wheat under a wine press. You are understanding that though you are made for more, it will be time for more. Until then, you hide yourself. So, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this, that limits are essential to life. Limits are essential to life. If you don't understand limits, you cannot walk in being limitless. If you don't understand limits, you cannot really be limitless because limits are essential to life. Being limitless actually really comes where we understand the boundaries and the limits of life. The ocean, for instance, has a limit that it cannot go past. If it does, the whole world will be buried in water. We see that. Creativity has and requires boundary. We've shared how the greatest, one of the greatest painters in the world says that he needs the boundary of the canvas for his creative juices to begin to flow. That is, without that boundary of the canvas, he cannot unleash his creativity. And sometimes we want to take away the boundary of the canvas and we are wondering how come we are not creative. We need the boundary of the, of the canvas. We, we, we understand limits even in our homes. Your house should have a fence. Hopefully, it should. Or at least your flat should have a, a wall that is separating you and the other flat. It is a limit. It's what is stopping you or your neighbor from walking straight into your house. Limits are essential to life. In human relations, you need limits. You need to have boundaries. You need to put boundaries in place. And God has, is saying that you are made for more. Now, in that place when you are hiding, when you feel limited, when you are covered, that is the place where you birth the limitlessness of your destiny. That is the place where you birth the more that you are made up of. So we are not talking about things out of our limits. And this is big. This is big. We are talking about things within our limits, within our reach. We are not talking about things out of our reach, out of our limits. And many times we, we need to realize that the greatness that God has for us, the greatness that God has for you is, is within the limits that God has placed you in. Hmm. Made for more. We are laying the foundation. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11. Deuteronomy 30, 11 says, this command I am giving you today is not too difficult for you. Now listen carefully. And it's not beyond your reach. Ah, it's huge. It's not beyond your reach. It is not kept in heaven. So distant that you must ask we will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey it. 
It is not kept beyond the sea, so far away that you must ask, we will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey. He says, no, the message is very close at hand. The message is very close at hand. It is on your lips. Everyone say on your lips. And in your heart. Everyone say in your heart. So that you can obey. What God is saying is this. The greatness, the abundance, the more that you are made up of is not outside of your reach. Hmm, isn't that so comforting? Is that because when we, when we think of the greatness that God has, has, has created us for, we think that we need to reach outside of our reach to get it. But God is saying it is within your reach. It is not outside of your reach. If you look at creation, you will see that it speaks to us consistently of this truth, of this truth. For instance, did you know that more than 80% of the ocean has not been explored, has not been mapped, has not been reached by man? In fact, some scientists would argue that man has only been able to explore 5% of the ocean. The ocean is within reach, yet we've not exhausted it. What ocean is within your reach that you are just touching 5%? What ocean? Some would say we use a fraction of the capacity of our brain power. Your brain is within your reach. Your brain is within your reach. Scientists tell us that less than 1% of the solar system has been seen by man. In fact, they put that 0.0000000. I got bored counting the number of zero percent of the whole universe that has been seen, talk less of, explored. And 1% of the ones seen have been explored. So 0.000% have been seen, and the ones that have been seen, as minute as it is, one, only 1% as man explored. Now, where is arrogance coming from? We are so small. We are so tiny. Yet, it has pleased God to, to think upon us. If I, when the psalmist says, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you visit him. We are so tiny in the scheme of things. Yes, God loves us and reckons with us. Where is pride coming from? That's why God would say, you are only allowed to be boastful only about one thing. He says, let him that boasts, boasts that he knows 
and he understands me. How can you fully know God? So, if you want to boast, your boast should be you know God, you, you know God exhaustively, and you understand God. <laughs> so, it shows that it, it should show you if you have any sense, you know that that is to tell you how business is your boast because his ways are not our ways. How can you understand God? <sighs> you can love God without understanding Him. Yeah. I mean, if you have children, many of them don't understand you. In fact, if, you, if they are honest, they think you are crazy. <laughs> they don't know why they have to go to bed and stop watching a show until midnight. They don't understand why. They don't understand why they cannot just take your car. Your 13 year old doesn't understand why not. You know, I had a, I mean, some, yeah, it was a 13 year old that was telling me that, oh, He's very good in go-karting. <laughs> I didn't know where he was coming from. <laughs> where he was going. He said, he's very good in go-karting. I said, oh, that's good. And we approached my car. I said, can he just, eh? I said, this one? Nah. You know, go and meet your father. You know? <laughs> Many, but we can have a relationship with, us, with, with our children. They can love us and we can love them, but they don't really fully understand us. You can't fully understand God. But you can love God. And God says, if you want to boast, boast that you fully, you know me. So there's no basis for anyone born of a woman to boast. None. None. So we see that the things that are within our reach are not even fully explored. So what is the universe of ideas that God has released to you that you are still tapping 1%, less than 0.00001% off? That should bother you. Instead of just getting and jumping out of the bowl <laughs> like, like the poor fish, what is the potential that God has put in you that you are harnessing 0.0001%? That should bother you. That should bother you. It's not placed outside of your limits. Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says, now this beautiful, beautiful scripture. It says, the Lord our God has secrets known to no one. It says, we are not accountable for them. It says, but we are, we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us. There are things outside of your limits. There are things beyond your pay grade. There are things beyond your boundaries. God is saying, you are not accountable for it. Stop worrying. Many times, People are, you know, I, I hear them speak and I'm like, you're worrying about becoming what even God has not called you to be. The one that is in your hand, you have not maximized. So God is saying, we and our children are accountable forever for all that God has released and revealed to us. The things that are within your reach. The things that are already within you, whether you are in the bowl, whether you are in the pond, whether you are in the river, whether you are in the ocean, when you harness those things, you 
cannot be held back by the bow if you're in the bow. It's impossible. It's impossible. Completely impossible. And the truth is that it's a tragedy to be functioning at level three when you are capable of level 10. It is, it is a tragedy. It's a, it's a frustrating reality to be functioning at level three when you already know and you have the capacity for level 10. I was speaking with one of my spiritual daughters and I was saying to her, because this lady has so much capacity, and I was saying to her that you're like a Ferrari on the road of the current road of Ina Shomulu Bariga. <laughs> yes, I said current because the roads of Ina Shomulu Bariga is going to change and become really smooth and really taken care of in Jesus' name. But the current one is like you are in a Ferrari and all you have to drive on is the inner cities of Shomulu Bariga. That car will be frustrated for life. Why? Because that car obviously is the 10, but can never go past the 3. Otherwise, there will be a problem. There will be a problem. So it's just like the fish in the bowl. It's just like the fish in the bowl. The fish in the bowl. Verse 12 of that scripture says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Hallelujah. God is saying to someone here, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Another translation says, Thou mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. And Gideon is like, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> kidding. Kidding. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Look at me. How can you call me a mighty man of valor? This looks ridiculous. Sounds ridiculous. But you see, God was saying to Gideon, you are made for more. God was saying to Gideon, God is saying to you today, you are made for more. You may be threshing wheat underneath the wine press. God is saying, you are made for more. You may be hiding, and that may be sufficient at the time, but God is saying to you, you are made for more. You are made for more. So what are we saying? What I'm saying is this, until God speaks, the hero remains a zero. Until God speaks, the hero remains a zero. Until God speaks, the hero remains a zero. You need to understand that what unleashes you from a zero to a hero is the voice of God. It's the voice of God. It's the voice of God. And you see, sometimes it's okay. It's okay to be a zero. It's okay to be in that bowl. If you put up that fish in the bowl, it's okay to be in the bowl. And sometimes it is common sense. It is common sense to remain in the bowl. It is common sense to be hiding your oppressions. Why? Because you, if you don't deploy common sense, you'll be extinct. Gideon had to deploy common sense so that he can feed his family. They were under rule. And you could say Gideon was breaking the law. 
because they were supposed to turn in all their produce to the Midianites. Midian, Gideon had to use a superior law. Gideon had to hide himself. Hallelujah. He had to use common sense. Now, so what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. Common sense is required until heaven speaks. Once God speaks, many, thing, many times it doesn't make sense. Okay, so common sense goes out of the window. But God is speaking, and God is speaking to you today. God is speaking to you today. And God is saying, stop hiding. Stop hiding. Your greatness has come. Greatness resides in you. Stop hiding. Mighty man of war, mighty woman of war, stop hiding. That is the word to you today. Do you receive it? Stop hiding. Because until you see yourself as God sees you, how God sees you will be different from how you see yourself. <laughs> uh, it, it sounds, you know, but that, that's just the truth. Uh, until you see yourself as God sees you, how God sees you, how God sees you will be different from how you see yourself. And it is seeing yourself as God sees you that makes all the difference. So until you see yourself as God sees you, you can't experience all that God has for you. You can't experience all that God has for you. So if we look at the illustration of the Ferrari, and the question is this, what is the most powerful part of the car, of, of any car, since we're talking about the Ferrari, what's the most powerful part of the car? Is it the tires? No. Some will say the, the engine. Is it the engine? No. I would say that the most powerful part of the car is the steering wheel. <laughs> When the car is in motion, that is, is the steering wheel. Is the steering wheel. Is the steering wheel. The most powerful part of the human life is our tongue. Is our tongue. Is your tongue. That's the most powerful part. Where are we going with this? If you look at verse 13 of Deuteronomy 30 that we read, it says that it is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask who will cross the sea or bring it to us so we can hear and obey. He says, no, the message, this voice of God that makes the difference, this game-changing catalyst for your life and destiny is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. It is on your lips and in your heart. Everybody say, on my lips and in my heart. Everybody say, on, on my lips and in my heart. It is on your lips. It is on your lips. It is on your lips. Your tongue is the steering wheel of your destiny. It is on your lips. It is on your lips. It is on your lips. You know, when we were much younger, I don't know if, if, if they still do it today, you know, um, when you go to see, uh, when you take off for a medical checkup, you know, the doctors will bring out something like um, a spatula or like something like a wooden spoon or spoon-like, you know, or ice cream-like, you know, stuff. You know, and says, ah, say, ah, and you stick out your tongue. Ah, and the guy will press it. 
I'm always wondering, what is it looking for in my tongue? <laughs> the, the food I ate? Or will it tell that I, I took an extra piece of meat? You know, <laughs> what is the doctor always looking for on the tongue? Apparently, the truth about the tongue is your tongue reveals something about what's going on on your inside. Your tongue reveals something about what's going on on the inside of you. Deep down, the tongue, it, 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 the doctors, the trained eyes can look at the tongue and tell you whether you are ill, whether you are well, what, kind, what the issue is, or at least a pointer to what the problem is. And many times, we look at ourselves and deep down, we, we tend to question, is God really for us? Is God really for me? While the real question is, are you really for you? Are you really for yourself? That's the question. Pastor, how, how come that's the question? That's the question because when we hear the things that are coming out of your tongue, the things that are coming out of your tongue, it's like the things coming out of the mouth of the enemy of the person speaking. Meanwhile, it's the person speaking the things. So the, the, the question is, are you for yourself or not? So if you want to know, if you really want to know the direction your life is moving, don't look very far. Look at the words that are coming out of your mouth. If you want to know the direction your life is going, look at the words that are coming out of your mouth. If you want to know where you will be in five to ten years from now, check. Look at what you are saying. Now, honestly, if you are honest, you are where you are because of what you have been saying about yourself. You are where you are. Good or bad. Good or bad. Because of what you have been saying, you are where you are. The great things that are going to happen, the ones that have happened is because of what you have said. The bad things that you wish didn't happen that happened is also because of your tongue, what you have said. Someone said that you form your words, then your words form your future. Ah, hallelujah. All you need to do is form your words. Your words will form your future. Don't struggle to form your future because largely your future is created by your words. So your words form your future. So as we lay the foundation for made for more today, we see here that the biggest thing that God wanted to do with Gideon was to get Gideon to align with him. So that Gideon's words can align with God's. So God allowed Gideon several leeway to confirm his word. He says, oh, let me, let, me, let me prove, let me confirm it is you. Let me go home and get an offering. If you wait here. And, and this, the angel of the Lord, it, is, it was not an angel. It's, it is the pre-incarnate Christ. The angel of the Lord waited. That's the Lord Jesus before he came bodily. Waited. And while he waited, 
He brought the offering. He used the staff, touched it, fire. That was not enough. Gideon still had to throw what they call fleece, throwing the fleece. God still indulged him. Why? Because until Gideon was convinced about what God is saying to him, Gideon could not possess the future that God has for him. Until you are convinced about what God is saying to you, you cannot possess the future that God has for you. This big, it's huge. It's huge. So, when you are convinced, then you begin to speak it. If you look at the fish in the bowl, it looked restricted. The fish knows I'm made for more. But you see, the truth is, until that leap is into the ocean, the fish should stay in the bowl. <laughs> until the leap, if the fish is still on the, on the dining table, and is listening to motivational speakers saying, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your comfort zone. If it jumps, the only place it will land is on the dining table. And it will do pa 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 after a while, it will die. <laughs> so what happens to that fish? How does that fish enter into its destiny? And that's the key. The fish must believe this word. The fish, quote unquote, and must begin to use it's tongue. You must begin to use your tongue to create that ocean so that by the time you are taking the leap out, you are actually jumping into the ocean and not on the dining table. So your tongue reveals something about what's going on on the inside of you. So the fish should use the tongue, the fish, quote unquote, to create the ocean before taking the leap. The future, the greatness, the ocean resides in you. This word is in your heart. This voice, this greatness is in your heart and in, on your lips. Deuteronomy 30, 13. It is, not to be, it is not kept beyond the sea. So far away that you must ask who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and, and do what it says. No, the message, this voice, this word, this greatness is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. Oof. Very close. Very close. Very close to you. You are made for more. You are Definitely made for more. Some of us and some of you are going through that season of hiding. God is saying to you, it's time to come out of hiding. Hallelujah. It's time to come out of hiding. Because greatness resides in you. And that greatness, we command it unleashed in the name of Jesus. I want to pray with you today. If you're like, maybe you're watching us online or you're in church, or you're in the car, you're like, but pastor, I want to have a relationship with Jesus. I want to start a relationship with Jesus. I want to make sure that the voice of God 
is real in my life. That is you. Wherever you are. Wherever you are. The pastor that is here. Wherever you are. Put up your hand. Now, over your head. Over your head. I'm going to hand over to the RP. I'm going to take it over from here.